0: hello canada today's date december 4th 2022 welcome to a full edition of canadian common sense canada's issues in under an hour it is tony in saskatchewan
1: and lewis out here in bc
0: how are you my man
1: oh pretty good pretty good it's uh gonna be my last episode for a few weeks but uh because i'm heading out on family vacation but uh uh yeah it's uh it's a good day it's a little little chilly out here in bc right now but uh but yeah we're all good how about you
0: oh pretty fantastic it's actually uh windy already this morning but but warming up i guess uh i'm not gonna call it a chinook because then i'd have to say i'm experiencing climate change right in front of my eyes but (laughs) it was uh minus 25 or so when I woke up yesterday morning and it's looking at about minus five today. so so I'm not gonna say I'm experiencing climate change but uh, a sudden warming for one day.
1: Oh <laughs> minus five so that's that's uh, that's where we're at. <laughs>
0: there you go Steve. I said
1: when I said we're pretty chilly here right now, I meant we're <laughs> minus five. Yeah, well, hey, for the
0: Okanagan, that's awful. I don't know how you guys are doing it.
1: Uh, I we don't either. We were we were like shivering last night, and my wife said, "Are we just big wusses now, or or uh, <laughs> or what?" And I said, no, I, "I think we're big wusses now." <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> to put that in perspective, when we took our family to Mexico in the Mayan Riviera, uh, twenty fourteen, it was about. This time of year, and uh, chatting with a cab driver, and he said, Oh, if it's below 15 degrees, we uh, we just stay home with blankets, watch movies, kids don't go to school. That says, like 15 degrees above zero. Oh, yeah, like,
1: oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they were talking Fahrenheit. <laughs> no, maybe.
0: yeah, I just thought, Wow, man, that's uh,
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I mean, yeah. it, I mean all you got to do is look at Vancouver and they get an inch of snow and the whole city shuts down. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, speaking of that, I did see a picture on um I can't remember which bridge it was, but there was a gentleman who was trying to sweep some snow off the bridge cuz traffic had been shut down and I I remember looking at the bridge and I just thought that's really not that much
1: snow on there. So, uh <laughs> No, no, but Keep in mind that in Vancouver, uh, nobody has winter tires because they don't need them. Right. They don't, it only snows there once every two years, right? So when it does snow, everyone just stays home. Um, but but that... Uh, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they don't have winter tires. They, they don't drive in the snow, so they don't know how to do it. Um, but the... Uh, uh, but overall, I mean, it's just you know, Vancouverites kind of suck, and uh, at, <laughs> and the snow just exposes it. <laughs> oh, no. No, <laughs> no offense, no, no offense score. to any of our <laughs> listeners in Vancouver, but yeah, you guys do suck. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well on that cheerful start to the show let's get right into our our show topics here today canada on the show today alberta sovereignty within a united canada the saskatchewan firearms act made in quebec could tony be right and more where do you want to start
1: sir well i was just gonna say let's start with uh the Alberta Sovereignty Act, but uh, but you said Tony might be right, and that got me a little intrigued.
0: <laughs> well, it doesn't happen off very often, especially when <laughs> it comes to uh, our friend Justin Trudeau. But
1: I stumbled- will talk about we'll talk about that later.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I stumbled across an interesting little nugget as I was doing some research for the show. Now, the Liberal Party of Canada actually issued a directive to its incumbents right now, so the 130-odd MPs that the Liberals have. And they issued this directive that all you incumbents need to have, I think it was between $59,000 and $79,000, or might have been a little higher at the top end, but uh, a a very good chunk of money raised and have been able to have knocked on... 3,500 to 7,500 doors and had I can't remember the the uh, parameters for a number of calls to constituents but at any rate they had to meet a bunch of deadlines by March 1st or else they would have to deal with a potential challenge to their nominations for the next election and I'm thinking if they have to have all of this in place by March 1st well that that tells me we're having a late spring election.
1: Yeah, sounds like a May election. Because um, if they call, if they have to have all this stuff in by a deadline, then they, they have to, you know, uh, the the Liberal Party has to have a, a week or two to, you know, just make sure that everything was legit with every with every incumbent, and then, uh, and then probably call an election uh, middle of the month for you know mid May maybe uh, right before or right after May Long Weekend. Um, that's, what, that's what I'm figuring. Um, maybe even as late as June, but, uh, but probably probably right around that May Long Weekend time period, is, I think, is what we're looking at. Well, it seems to be.
0: Now, I want to go back just a little bit to the nomination process itself before we go too far on this. I was actually equally bothered by the fact that their nomination will go unchallenged should they meet xyz criteria than anything else because I thought how is that democratic like I uh, I've never been involved on the left side of the spectrum in in politics so I don't necessarily know if this is normal or not but I do know that when I was involved with a Canadian alliance constituency back 20 years ago in Alberta, they were along the same lines in that they said it would be uncomfortable if someone were to challenge a sitting MP for the nomination. Yet, when I moved to Saskatchewan, a gentleman I knew in Yorkton, which was Gary Breitkreutz's constituency at that time, he said that Gary actually all but demanded somebody run against him and contest the nomination because he wanted to make certain he was the actual people's representative. So, I'm not sure if this is normal or how i should feel about this whole liberal thing
1: i think it's kind of normal that incumbents tend to just uh run again like unopposed um but i think that you know i mean we both know that the parties on the left are kind of anti-democracy um they don't Generally, believe in constituency elections. Either I mean, like the like runoffs for their uh, for their representatives in their ridings. They prefer to have the uh, leader or the party itself make you know choose who's going to be running in those ridings, and they'll parachute people in from other ridings if they don't meet the criteria that they have for for. Uh, For 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 you know potential MLAs or sorry MPs, Um, I mean we've seen this lots of times where you know Trudeau will will you know parachute in a a candidate from from a different riding uh, because that candidate is you know a minority and a woman and all of that right like they because they have this criteria that they must have a minimum of this many women, a minimum of this many minorities, and all that kind of stuff, rather than, you know, it being a meritocracy where you, you you know, the best person wins. Um, it's all about pandering. And so they'll, they just, you know, they, they're the ones who usually pick a lot of their candidates. And I think you've seen that, I think in, um, 2015, I believe the Liberal Party selected like 40 percent of their candidates. So
0: that, yeah, I think actually now that you've mentioned that, that that's true. They, I think there was some that were handpicked and and dropped in because of the what you had said, because of their the melanin component of their skin or their their gender, and I suppose nowadays it might be their their lack of gender, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that uh that does ring a bell now that you've brought that up so uh that yeah. is yeah see it's sad i mean i i get that that's a liberal thing i just think because well the freedom-loving libertarian that i am i kind of always assume there should just be an election for or you know or some kind of a, a candidate race as it were for you know the conservative types as well so i was uh yeah i was actually appalled when uh with my canadian alliance experience for that because so, i mean that, that was how the alberta progressive conservatives ran their their ship as well and i just remember being absolutely disgusted by it and it wasn't long after that i moved so i didn't have to quit the board for that reason but yeah i guess i'm just a just a big fan of good old democracy
1: yeah i mean it's it it, it is a, a funny thing hey i mean like the liberals do it a lot the ndp do it even more um and uh, I mean, you never—that's one thing you got to give the conservatives. They never, you know, handpick candidates. Um, they might discourage someone running against them in a runoff, if like against an incumbent. Um, but they don't—they don't outright ban it, or uh, or handpick someone to be, uh, you know, the candidate in a riding. Um, you never see that uh so i mean at least they don't do that and i mean i hate to say it that way but you know it's politics is a dirty game and i mean unfortunately like one thing i learned when i was in politics was that your enemy is not the the other party it's other people in your own party um it's uh it's a very dirty game and it's one reason why i'm not involved in politics is because i i don't have the stomach for it it's uh it's pretty dirty. It is uh, pretty unethical. And I mean, to make it to the top, you got to do things that um, I just can't bring myself to do. Uh, So, I mean, it's, it's like anybody that you're voting for, um, for like, who's a leader of a party. And yeah, I do lump Pierre Polyev in with this crowd because he's the leader of a party. I mean, you've done some things along the way. Uh, you have backstabbed people, you have, you have, uh, um, you know, turned on people, you've, you know, thrown people under the bus, you, if you're at the top, you have done all those things. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's a, it's it's not a a good, it's not a fun game. (laughs) It's, it's quite dirty. And it's not it's not uh, not something I could ever bring myself to do which is why I'm not in politics and I'm a commentator
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well no that that's fair enough and you actually when you were talking about they don't discourage anybody to run against an incumbent that uh, made me think of Rob Anders in Calgary yeah I think it was and uh, for our listeners who you know can't think of who is Rob Anders he was a gentleman who had, there was the one dissenting vote to uh, grant Nelson Mandela honorary Canadian citizenship and yeah. it called Nelson Mandela a terrorist? And it wasn't long after that that Rob Anders got challenged for his nomination in Calgary West and lost. So, uh, yeah, so, so it does happen on the conservative side that incumbents can be challenged, and uh, so I guess I'm glad I'm on that side of the, the spectrum because I can't imagine. If like, for example, Rob Anders, just, you know, being able to say, hey, man, I still knocked on X number of doors, so uh, leave my nomination alone. And the party saying, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and and we gotta be honest here, Rob Anders was, uh, he was an MP for far too long. (laughs) Yes. Like, it it was a long time before someone actually challenged him. And he, uh, uh, and I mean, I remember thinking, oh my God, I hope this guy just I hope someone challenges and they just never did until it was like it was way down the road before someone actually finally challenged him and it was like because he was an mp i think for three terms or something yeah yeah and and i it was like after the first term i was like somebody please challenge him (laughs) and yeah but uh yeah yeah i mean that's one thing i mean that I do like about the Conservatives is that they don't, uh, you know, they don't, they don't, you know, outright say, you're not allowed to challenge and, and all of that. Um, they might discourage it, but they don't stop it. And, uh, and there's, but they also don't stop, uh, you know, people that maybe shouldn't be MPs from being MPs for their party. Um, because they do kind of play into that stereotype that the liberals try to push against that, that, that about conservatives. Right. And Rob Anders was one of those guys that kind of fed right into that stereotype. No, fair enough. So, so yeah. yeah so, so we'll
0: market. Canada it's December 4th. We're going for that spring election. And yeah. I could be wrong, but now I'm starting to feel like, no, so yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Alberta. Now, we've talked a lot about Danielle Smith's Alberta Sovereignty Act. It was introduced in the legislature in Alberta and with a new name um, called the Alberta Sovereignty Within a United Canada Act. My first thought just hearing the name was, oh, great, she's watering it down already. But judging by the reaction from Rachel Notley, the official opposition leader it sounds like danielle smith wants to burn alberta to the ground what are your thoughts
1: yeah um rachel notley's a bit of a tool um which is (laughs) which is not which is not uh you know out of the ordinary for an ndp leader um we all know all about jagmeet singh and what a tool that guy is but um but the thing with uh, uh, Rachel Notley is that she actually came right out and lied to the media like flat out lied to the media about what this bill is. And um, uh, and there there you know overall, there has been a lot of not misconception because I don't think that it's misconception. I think that it's flat out, you know, purposeful misinterpretation by the media and by, poli- by politicians uh, in this country about what this, you know, Sovereignty Act is. Um, it might go a little bit beyond what Quebec has, but it's not far. And Quebec, you know, Quebec has all the constitutional rights. That is actually afforded to provinces in this country under the Constitution. They're using them. They're using those constitutional powers that that is actually being granted to provinces in Canada. And they they they, they don't have anything extraordinary. They're not using powers that that are not provincial powers. It's just they're using those powers that have been given to them by the Constitution. And the other provinces are not. And honestly, every province in this country should be fighting to, to, to ha- use the powers that the Constitution gives them. And they don't. The, a lot of provinces in this country, including B.C., the one I'm in, uh, we just revel in having the federal government tell us what to do. We love it and but provinces like Saskatchewan and Manitoba um, and Alberta don't and neither should the rest of us but we do we like it so much and uh, but but those prairie provinces they 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 understand you know that you know Quebec has got it right and the the rest of Canada should be following suit not not we shouldn't be you know condemning Alberta and saying you need to accept federal control over provincial jurisdiction and all of that no no but Rachel Notley went to the media and actually just flat out lied about what the what the uh uh the act even says and then proceeded to suggest that if it does pass that the prime minister of this country should overrule it should repeal should repeal a law passed in the provincial legislature
0: yeah it's kind of ridiculous and then so of course once i'd heard that i uh The wheel started turning because I do remember during the leadership race for UCP, when Danielle Smith had had opened up with the idea of the Alberta Sovereignty Act, the Lieutenant Governor for Alberta, who was appointed by Trudeau, by the way, had talked about, well, maybe I just wouldn't give royal assent to such a bill, which is completely unheard of. And so I thought, well, maybe that's the route that uh, Rachel Notley is trying to encourage, but then it also led me down the rabbit hole. Well, can Justin Trudeau even do that if he wanted to override the legislation? And the power does exist under Canada's constitution. It hasn't been used since the 1940s. I think actually 1961, they was the last time it was toyed with. But the Supreme Court of Canada has even said that such power has fallen into disuse to the point where the Supreme Court of Canada has essentially defaulted into that position. So if Justin Trudeau wanted to override this legislation, he'd have to take it to court. Now, would the Supreme Court of Canada be friendlier to his cause? Likely. But I think if the court looked at it on its merits and realized this is provincial legislation and it is speaking to you know specifically provincial powers, I don't think there's a thing they could do about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only thing they really could do is, is, yeah, like you said, take it to the Supreme Court on uh, constitutional grounds. Um, but uh, I don't know, I mean, for a provincial politician to suggest that the prime minister repeal legislation that was passed in, in the provincial legislature, if you don't like it then do something to change it like win the election so you can repeal it you don't you don't suggest that the almighty and all-powerful federal government come in and and repeal a law like that's like repeal a provincial law I mean that's just that's so asinine. I can't believe that someone actually, well, I can cause they're NDP. Um, but it's just, it just blows my mind that someone could suggest that if they didn't like that, that, that a law that they don't like should be, you know, should have the prime minister swoop in and, and remove it. I mean, that's just, that's just crazy talk.
0: it totally is yeah so uh let's move one province over where i'm at in saskatchewan and this is actually it's tough talk but it's more talk than it is action um the scottmo government has now passed the or at least introduced the saskatchewan firearms act now when i first sent it to you a couple screenshots your first reaction was hey i like this and it looks good but I really think it's going to be short on results. So uh, here's just a summary of what, what I sent you in the screenshot. And I'll just quote the act as, as it was introduced. is With respect to changes made by the federal government that impact lawful firearms owners, this bill will establish licensing requirements for businesses or individuals involved in firearms expropriation. So, the, so they're, what it means in English is people who are going to be charged with taking your firearms will need to be licensed by the provincial government. And also this bill will require an oversee fair compensation for any firearm being seized and require forensic and ballistic testing of seized firearms. That's one I don't quite understand, but you might have a bit more insight on that
1: one. Nope. Okay, there we <laughs> go. <laughs> um... The yeah, I don't understand the, the ballistics testing um, unless it's to unless it's to catalog the you know the ballistics of that gun in case it ever gets used in a crime. I don't know, but I, I don't I, I, I don't understand. I, I don't know what that is all about, uh, except maybe um because the only way you can shoot a gun is if you're a licensed firearm owner like if you're a pal right right um and and someone with a pal is probably not going to take away another pal holder's guns i don't know um the other The other thing I'm thinking is uh, like they got the whole ballistics thing has me confused I don't understand it. Um, The but the. I do like the fact that they say that anybody who is going to be removing firearms uh, will have to be licensed by the provincial government, because all the government has to do is say we're not issuing licenses. Um, But that's assuming that they're going to be in power for the forever. Um, right. Then you, you, I mean, you, it is, it is Saskatchewan. So there is the possibility an NDP government comes in into play here at some point and they just go, okay, we're issuing licenses.
0: True. Yeah. And I mean, at least to Scott Moe's credit, he has uh, also said he would consider reducing funding for the RCMP should they try to go on their own and, and seize firearms. So I uh, I said, very well, okay, good. So at least that puts a little bit of teeth behind it. But to me, this is very vintage Scott Moe. I'm going to talk a good game, but do very little. And uh, he's been talking a good game lately. I got to give him credit. I mean, he is having Danielle Smith in Alberta seems to have energized him somewhat as far as uh, the fight against Ottawa is concerned. So I do appreciate yeah. that. And this is a good step. But, but yeah, it's a it's a
1: pretty small step. Um, yeah, and I'm, the licensing thing is a great idea. But I mean, what what happened to the Scott Mo of? Uh, no, we're just not going to take part in this. Exactly, like that Scott Mo, I I liked better. Um, like. <laughs> Like he 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 flat out said, we're not taking part in this. We're not going to direct the RCMP to do this. In fact, we're not going to give any money. Uh, We're not going to let the RCMP use any of the provincial money to go ahead and do this. Which all that means is that you know the federal liberals will just have to kick in a few million dollars or whatever of extra funding to the RCMP so that they will do it. But um, maybe that's why they're putting this into play is because um you know the federal government could do that they could say well here's you know 10 million dollars or a billion dollars or whatever per province for rcmp officers to go around and knock on doors and take guns um and this is their way of stopping that part from happening um but i don't know i mean i just i i the whole ballistics and testing thing is what's throwing me. I don't understand. Um, and nobody has explained it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that, uh, I just, I find that really, really odd. And uh, well, hopefully just never comes to a point where any firearms get seized, then we won't have to to find out what that's all about. I mean, the final part of the act is they said they would establish a provincial firearms regulatory system to promote safe and responsible use. It's like, well... We already we do already that
1: have. by having a PAL. Yeah, we already have that. Yeah. It's not provincial, but but it's federal. But we do already have that. And and it's called PAL or RPAL for res, the restricted PAL. Yeah, right. Um, like I mean, I, I went through the PAL process and the RPAL process, um, as you did you, and you know, it, it wasn't easy. You know, like you have to do, you have to do like a classroom course, and then, and then you get, uh, you know, hands-on firearms training and and safety training, and then you have to pass a a written test and a uh, uh, practical. Oh, what's it? practical, yeah, a, a practical test where you have firearms in your hands and you are observed by a um instructor who is federally licensed by the way um and you have to safely handle that firearm and do everything that he asks you to do with it or she asks you to do with it and uh and you do it in a safe manner and you follow all the all the regulations and rules and and you you can get your your pal it's it's not an easy process it is it is uh stressful i mean as soon as you're writing the exam isn't stressful it's the practical that's stressful because you make one mistake and you're done like you point that that rifle or shotgun or handgun in in the uh RPAL test and uh if you point that in any direction other than what has been deemed safe like you're over you're done that that you've just you've just forfeited your your the rest of your training and testing and you have to start all over again like it's not it's not what people think it is like for non-firearms owners think that it's like that we don't i don't know what they think but I don't think, that, but they don't definitely don't think that we have to do what we actually have to do.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, all right. So we are, actually, we're right on time here. We've got one more topic to discuss today, and it is going to be a good one, Canada, uh, deliberately saving this one for the end. Made. And I know some of you out there might be saying, my God, Tony, you're talking made again. I wish we didn't have to. Um but yet, here we go. We've got now more than five Canadian Armed Forces veterans who have been offered made as a solution to PTSD. We highlighted the story of the, the paraplegic uh, veteran who was offered made simply because she'd been waiting over a year to get a ramp built on her home. And the Veterans Affairs employee said, well, you know, maybe we could just offer you made that might make you more comfortable. And, you know, we've, we've offered it before and we can, we can do it for you. I believe was what the quote she had put in her article. And I just said, wait, what? She had been waiting for a wheelchair ramp, asked what's going on and gets told, why don't you just die instead? And uh, I'm beside myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, we kind of warned of this um, on this show. I mean, as recently as just a month ago, I think. Um, and, uh, but way back when they first passed MADE, like I, when it came into play, I mean, I remember saying on this show that I supported MADE. I just worried about where it was going to go. Um, because I do support MADE in its original form. Um, and I still, I still support made in its original form. I do not support made in its current form. Um, they are making it accessible to minors. They're making it accessible to um, uh, to people with an eating disorder, to people with depression, to people who are homeless, to people who are going to be homeless. To people who are waiting for a wheelchair ramp. Um, Like, this is... This is completely insane. I mean, who, who thinks that it's a good idea to say to someone who is depressed, hey, why don't you just kill yourself? We can get a doctor to help you. Like, this is... Of course, that person's going to take you up on it. They're not mentally stable. They have a mental disorder. And a lot of people with depression want to die. And but people who have been in that place and gotten out of that place are happy they didn't die. And I'm one of them. There was a time where I did want to end my life. And it was because I was gone. I had untreated PTSD. I did not know that I had PTSD and it went untreated and it got bad. And if someone had said to me, why don't you just. He was made. I would have said, hell yeah, I'm in. And then my kids would have been left without a father. My wife would have been left without a husband. And you guys wouldn't be able to hear my voice every week. (laughs) But, And that would suck, by the way. (laughs) But I'm one of those people who would have taken them up on it. And I am so glad I didn't have that available to me. And and it should not be available to people who were in the position I was in or in the state that I was in. And it should not be available. There's just no question, just no, absolutely not. And it disgusts me that it is available to people who are like me or who are like what I was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, I'm just, I'm just totally, you know, I've been saying this for a while on this show that it it just, I, I can't believe that this is where we're at right now i just can't believe it i mean canada is the only country in the world that is allowing made to be used this way
0: ah but what do we say in this show but there's more oh there's more okay. now, the situation you outlined actually is a. Uh, is a common one, and it's it's unfortunate that MAID has decided to be applied to the, uh, not only just to the terminally ill, but the terminally, well, annoying, terminally inconvenient. But Simons, who is a major clothing retailer in Canada, based in Montreal, and we're gonna stick with Quebec on the, on, on the next There's More segment, but Simons actually posted out, well, we, would like to think it was an ad campaign except it was an ad campaign for made featuring a lady from Vancouver Island who had passed from made just actually days before this commercial came out. And the commercial was the most beautiful exit was a, one of the titles in the video. Now zero references to any of the clothing brands that Simon's sells and The CEO, Peter Simons, fifth-generation family owner, has said, well, the company wanted to use its privilege to promote human connection and hard beauty. There's no beauty in having the government kill you. But, yep, apparently that is a beautiful exit. Big middle finger to you, Simons.
1: Yeah, I'm... um... I have, there are people I know who have used MAID. And for those people, it was the right decision. They were terminally ill. They were gonna be dying within weeks and they were in extreme pain.
0: That's what it was made
1: for. Exactly. And those people who I know who used it, it was a more, I wouldn't ever use the word beautiful, but it was a more humane death uh, to use made than it was to, to keep suffering in extreme physical pain. Um, Like, I, I don't, I don't see the humanity in, you know, you keep reviving someone who keeps dying, (laughs) you know, who's terminally ill and they're in pain and you keep reviving them. I mean, that's, that's not humane, And, and so I do see, you know, for those situations that terminally ill, I I do see it as a beneficial um, tool, but for anything else, no, no. And a clothing store running an ad like that, like it's disgusting and yeah, F you. Yeah, that's, that's all I got to say.
0: Yeah. Well, and you touched on it perfectly when you were discussing, you know, those of you know who have used MAID. And I mean, it was the Rodriguez case, which was from BC that yeah. began the MAID legislation and that I support. She had, I believe it was terminal cancer. I think it was. And yeah, she was in extreme pain. There was no chance of her recovering and yeah she want that was the whole dying with dignity part and that was what made was supposed to be made was not supposed to be oh you're anorexic well, maybe you should just die oh you're a soldier with ptsd well maybe you should just die oh you've got a scent allergy and you can't find adequate housing well maybe you should just die oh you're homeless maybe you should just die like that's just ridiculous and uh so let's stick with quebec and go one more you know uh Really crappy case down the MAID rabbit hole. Uh, Thank you to our listener, Lee, who actually had posted this on, uh, as a reply to one of our discussions about MAID on our Facebook page. The Quebec College of Physicians and Surgeons. I hope you're sitting down for this, Canada, by the way. The Quebec College of Physicians and Surgeons have suggested now that MAID should also be extended to, deep breath, newborn babies who are born with Defects, severe malformations, as they put it. So now uh, we're getting into eugenics. You've got a less than perfect baby. Let's just kill that baby. Doesn't that kind of uh, violate a few other moral codes we've got in this country?
1: Yeah, like murder. Um, It's uh, this is. What they're proposing is abortion after the fact.
0: Well, much right. after the fact, within the first year of life. Um,
1: within the first year of life. Yeah. Holy shit! Sorry, that. Oh my god. Yeah, there's, the, a Quebec, of, there's a lot of there's a lot of wackos in Quebec. Well, obviously, that's <laughs> that's,
0: that's insane. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, maybe I, maybe I read that wrong. Maybe it's not within the first year, but it's definitely post birth. Yeah so, which is which which shouldn't shouldn't
1: matter but i mean like a for, even i mean it's it's disgusting and and crazy and reprehensible of it at any point but could you imagine like a 10 month old like taking them in and going no just just get rid of it like this is and this is something that conservatives have always joked about when, when it comes to the left and their support of abortion right the, is, oh <laughs> they want abortion right up until like that baby's a uh, nine months old right well now it's like coming true like this is this is what they're actually asking for i mean yeah you're right like this is eugenics like this is everything that you know liberals have always fought against and now it's now it's actually like something that they're they're actively asking for by the doctors of uh, or the the college of doctors and physicians in Quebec like this is this is reprehensible this is this is so wrong i don't even i don't I, there aren't even words this to, to say how wrong this is oh and i just want to clarify sue rodriguez did not die of cancer it was uh uh amyotropic lateral sclerosis oh okay good yeah you know, yeah. Clarify on that. yeah she was given three to five years to live and i believe at the time when she when she got the doctor assisted the illegal doctors assisted suicide was uh like she only had a few months left at that point or a few weeks like she was in really 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 rough shape and in extreme amount of pain um but uh but yeah like this is this this thing that the that the uh college of doctors and physicians in Quebec is asking for is like there's just no words to describe how wrong this is like this is is reprehensible
0: it's horrible like I don't the article that I'd read that, uh, that Lee had attached didn't say what the, quote, severe malformations were. So I'm guessing that's up to a doctor's discretion. But if that's the case they're gonna make, there better be some really serious parameters around that. And honestly, that's something that they would be able to tell during uh, the prenatal visits and whatnot. Yeah. And then perhaps they would address that then instead of letting a human life be born and then decide, hmm, oh, yeah, maybe we don't want this. Why don't we just, uh, well, let's, why don't we just, just terminate it? Um, no, hard no. Like, I can't believe a college of physicians and surgeons would even consider releasing a statement like that. Like, I, I don't, where is the headspace of somebody who takes an oath to say, do no harm and thinking a policy like this is a
1: good idea yeah i was just gonna say that the hippocratic oath kind of kind of makes this a non-starter but the fact that the college is actually suggesting this is i I don't even have words like i said i have no words i I don't even know what to say except that Um, there, there, there is very little in this world that is more wrong than what they're suggesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, MAID is is, is out of control. It's the number of deaths in Canada from MAID are growing exponentially. 10,000 last year alone, 7.5% of all deaths on Vancouver Island are now MAID deaths, at least as far as last year's data is concerned. And 7.5%? Right.
1: 7. Yeah. 7 yep whoa you know what that is right
0: vancouver island loves their maid
1: well vancouver island is is the home of the uh newlyweds and the nearly deads right like it's yeah it's that is the retirement capital of canada like that's where eh, like if they're not if they're not retiring where i live they're retiring on vancouver island i mean it's it's uh that is the retirement capital of canada and it's it's like the the, the popular it's like it's like the florida of canada in in that it's the oldest population in the country is on vancouver island and so that's that's why you're that's why there's such a high number there but still 7.5 percent that is crazy
0: yeah. Well, and it's growing every year. It's, it's ridiculous the amount of made deaths that are happening in this country. And I looked at the, at a chart and it's just like, okay, so 2016 was the first year and there was, I think about a thousand. So we've now grown tenfold in six years. Cause I guess 2016 was the first year and, uh, and there's no signs of slowing down. They're just trying to expand it. Now you had said, I think it was our last show or maybe the previous, how, uh, there's doctors now that all they do is made. So if all yeah, they do they, is made to make a living, of course, they're not going to discourage any reason for made, which no. is why we've got the homeless people getting made. And it's, uh, it's absolutely insane. We were warned about this by the Dutch and the Belgians who have made le- similar legislation to made and we blew them off. said, Oh no, that, that kind of stuff won't happen in Canada instead Canada said, "Hold my beer,"
1: and it's it's disgusting. Yeah, another. It's you know, it's another thing to be ashamed about. Well, it really is. This is something to be ashamed about.
0: It is. You called it uh, when we were talking before the show, and you had said it's 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 post-term abortion in this Quebec situation, which has not happened yet, to my knowledge. I just want to make that clear that it's uh, simply a position statement from the quebec college of physicians and surgeons but yeah it's post-term abortions. Oh, we don't like this baby we're gonna have to let it go it's it's it's, it's awful
1: yeah it's like i said there's very little in this world that is more wrong than this yeah that's like, that. I, I, I mean this is these are people who can't defend themselves who can't it can't even speak up. I mean it's oh that's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking that doctors would even be asking for this like what what the hell has happened to this country yeah that's uh that's a great question right there and uh
0: that's I ask actually-
1: it a lot I ask it a lot But this is, this one takes the cake.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely obscene. And you know what, Canada, that's actually probably a good place for us to wrap the show up right there. Because we need to start asking ourselves, what the hell is wrong with this country? And what are we going to do to make it right?
1: Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, Tony. If... If Trudeau wins again, um, I'm saying right here on this show, I, I am, if Trudeau wins again, and we believe it's going to be a, a late spring election, um, May, possibly June, uh, I, I will be a full-on Western separatist at that point. And I will make no bones about it. And I won't care, who knows, I'm just, I'm so sick and tired of the BS in this country from the past seven years. I'm just sick and tired of it. I'm tired of, of the division in this country being driven by the PMO. The prime minister of this country is behind the division in this country. This country's never been more divided never not even when not even in 1995 when they had the quebec referendum this country is so divided i don't know that it can be repaired and and i'm just and i'm sick of it and i mean i've told i've said on this show before i've said on this show before this country is too big to be one country the united states has the same problems they have the same problems um it's it's too big we don't have the same the same we people say we have more in common than we have different but those differences are the, are are the problem and i mean i don't even think bc should be one province i think bc should be two provinces i don't i don't think that you know everything that everything that that, that is good for the rest of the province nobody in vancouver wants and and so we get our lives dictated to us by people in vancouver who have never seen a bear you know it's and then they tell us that oh yeah you're not allowed to hunt grizzlies anymore really because if you have you ever lived in a rural community where grizzlies are just running rampant not a good situation but they've banned grizzly hunting you know i mean it's it's like everything that happens is bad for a good chunk of this of the population and they just don't care they don't care I mean look at the look at the gun grab that's going on right now when like anybody that lives in a rural community I mean a good chunk of people own firearms and it's for hunting for sport shooting for all of that and they just don't care they just they just want them all they want to take them all and and i'm just getting sick and tired of it i'm tired of the bullshit and it's it's something's got to be done this this next election it's got to go the right way if it doesn't then i am a full-on advocate for western separation
0: All right. Okay, Canada, we'll wrap it up there. We want to thank you for joining us. And I guess uh, have a great holiday with your family, by the way. So uh, we won't see Lewis next week, but you will be stuck with my voice. So uh, until then, it is Tony in Saskatchewan.
1: Yeah, nice. It sounds like I need a holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's uh, Lewis out here in BC. Good night.
0: Good night, Canada.